0: Hello everyone, it's Lawrence Sung. Just a reminder, this is part two of a two-episode special. So, if you haven't listened to to episode 14, I highly recommend you listen to it before you listen to this episode. Enjoy.
1: Many organizations have turned to online services to continue their work, such as the Arcadia Community Church. In this next interview, Lawrence Sung and Andrew Rattel discuss online church services and how they continue to reach out to the community.
0: Hello, this is Lauren Sung for Keeping It Arcadia. Here we have Mr. Andrew Riedia, the youth ministry pastor at the Arcadia Community Church. He's with us today to talk about how his church transitioned from in-person services to online church services, and also this transition's impact on sort of Christianity and the practice of faith itself. And full disclosure, before we start, uh, Mr. Andrew Ridiao is my pastor. I regularly attend this church, just to put that out there for the listeners. Anyway, Mr. Riddia, why did your church decide to embrace online videos and Zoom meetings as a way to continue church services?
2: Yeah, hey, Lawrence. uh, Thank you for the opportunity to share, Uh, first of all. I'm happy to be here. No problem. We wanted to make sure that we could still stay in contact with the community, and we didn't know at first how to do that. But we're super thankful for technology and especially programs like Zoom, where we've still been able to stay in touch. And just because we've been in quarantine didn't mean that we were completely... Separated from one another, so we're actually still meeting according to our regular schedules. We're still hanging out on Friday nights together, but then um, also we're connecting even more than usual uh, with midweek uh, meetings and stuff like that too. So yeah,
0: it's been it's been really neat to be able to connect still despite all the circumstances. Definitely, definitely. And um, besides online videos and Zoom meetings, um, as a follow up question, how else has the Arcadia Community Church attempted to reach out? to the community and other followers of Christ during quarantine. So there's a couple things. For our own congregation, one of the big things we wanted to maintain, kind of like we talked about with youth group was, um, how do we keep worshiping
2: together even though we're stuck in our home? And so we've taken to using our tech staff to produce worship uh, online. Uh, We're using YouTube, we're using Facebook, And um, the different people on staff who regularly put the worship services together, they'll film in their homes. And again, using the blessing of technology, we'll compile all of that footage together and upload our, quote, worship services for people to watch at home on on Sundays. Like they would normally worship on Sundays. They're just doing it at home uh, over YouTube and Facebook. So that's how we're still worshiping together as a community. Uh, but also, we recognize that especially like the older community has challenges as to how, like, how do they get out and do some shopping, you know, of when course, they're of course. When at risk. So, we've actually put together a team. So, we've got a group at our church called the Deacons, and they're pretty much responsible for how do we provide for people in the community, people in our congregation, you know, practically. And so, that deacon group has done a lot of work to one, call people who, you know, just to check in on them. Uh, especially people who are kind of on their own and really have no option but to stay home and can't even do their own shopping. But then a step further is we put together some of the more able-bodied people to do things like shopping for the elderly folk in our community. And so that's a program that we put together as well. Yeah, we're doing we're doing what we can. And you know, again, emailing people, phone calls, and stuff like that.
0: I see. That's really yeah. that's really nice of you guys. I just so happened to um see the uh, the Easter Sunday online service that you guys put out, and I noticed that that there are some scenes where there were people that. have been less than six feet from each other so i was wondering was this online thing planned in anticipation of the COVID 19 crisis and some of the other um social distancing restrictions
2: yeah it's something that we've had to kind of learn as we go and there have been in situations where it's like oh man like there there was this restriction and how's this going to look and we but we're we're doing our best to keep up with you know restrictions and recommendations and stuff like that so we have a regular meeting with our staff where we kind of debrief what we put out there and what. All the different things that we've provided for our folks and the six feet distancing was one of those things that came up in the meeting and we were like hey we've, we've got to follow these regulations oh like oh no you know we've, we've got to make sure we don't do that again and yeah so it, it's, it's been a constant kind of learning curve but yeah definitely we were trying to do our best to you know flatten
0: that curve i see and also um in that same easter sunday service i noticed that there was an incredible scene where you had um 24 people including yourself all seeing exactly this amazing song and it came out it gave me goosebumps and so how do you coordinate the virtual choir part of that service
2: yeah right so that i guess the main shout out goes to our worship leader sean hallim and he uh, he actually compiled people from all over the nation uh, connections of his whether it be other worship leaders or friends he's known from ministry stuff like that so it's kind of this interesting silver lining in the social distancing cloud where we utilize social distancing to create something real beautiful so we had people from all over the country involved in that piece and they all submitted you know their rendition of the song and uh sean edited the video together and yeah like you said it was just there's goosebumps people were brought to tears i was like struck by it and um, he did a really great job but it was just really neat to to kind of like behold the juxtaposition between yeah, we're separated and we're supposed to be apart from one another, yet we've brought people from all over the country together to worship together. Um, so it's been a real
0: blessing to kind of see how how God has actually brought people together in the midst of uh, separating. Definitely. Amen to that. Mm-hmm. And also, I was also there for the um, Good Friday simulation within our youth group or youth ministry uh, meeting. Yeah. And I wanted to inquire uh, more on that. So in what ways did you try to mimic the actual experience of going to church.
2: So we did our best to create an atmosphere where all the senses were engaged, where you were holding stuff and you were hearing stuff and you were seeing stuff, even smelling stuff. And so typically what we do on a Good Friday is we have this exhibit where people all day long are welcome to walk through our sanctuary where we have an exhibition of different kinds of pieces of the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. and. Uh, people are welcome to kind of pick things up like a, like a bag of coins that, that resemble what Jesus was sold for by Judas, and yeah. um, they're invited to drive a nail through a cross and to smell uh, linens that are soaked with different uh, perfumes and stuff like that, and so we obviously couldn't do that this year, but Pastor Sam at our church, who is in charge of putting together that Good Friday experience, he worked on trying to create a curriculum that would have families be able to do that at home, and individuals. an individual, so um, the youth group took that curriculum, and we tried to experience the program together online using Zoom. We had music going on in the background, real meditative music, and I used the curriculum as a narrative, and we made sure that students went around the house and picked up objects like a mirror or uh, a bag full of coins, uh, for example, journaling materials so that they could write certain things down, and we had slides made that were projected with a screen share over Zoom that had prayers that the students could pray. Uh, and reflect on, but we tried, we tried our best to mimic the in-person experience, and it, it actually turned out a whole lot better than we thought it would, and debriefing with our student leaders, you know, some students were saying how surprisingly, how pleasantly surprised they were at how moved they were, even though it was an online experience, so another blessing, and we um, were happy that, you know, that we still went for it, um, that even though we're in quarantine and we're uh, relegated to online, that we still went for it. And it was still a great experience, so we're thankful for that.
0: Yeah, I having been able to be involved in that, it definitely felt a lot like, if not, if not even better than going there in person. Because there's something so special to it, you know. Like, even though we're all separated, we're able to rejoice in the word of still be able to experience these, you know, the crucifixion, and I guess you could say a witness to it. Yeah, I think one thing that's been real special in our Zoom meetings is kind of like you're saying, we we can't even be on campus together, but we're
2: still gathering as a community. And, yeah, there's something really special about that, and it definitely enhances the times where we get
3: together.
0: Definitely, definitely. Um, speaking of which, um, has this change, has this sort of shift, change, or experience altered the way that you and your fellow churchgoers practice your faith or view your faith? Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think kind of like I've been saying um, at first, and still, you know, there's kind of that yearning to be back together again. We definitely miss being in person,
2: for sure. Yeah, um, of course. And... You know, I I think there's there's definitely feelings of like, how long is this gonna last, God? Uh, why are we relegated to this? And why why is this happening? You yeah. Know, why a, did you last, this question. You. And then, yeah. yeah, and I think faith says, um, you know, I I think it's easy to kind of like look, look at God, point a finger, and just say like, well, where are you, God? Like, why why aren't you fixing this? And, oh yeah, definitely. No, yeah. um, so, and I think what's been really interesting about faith is kind of like we've been talking so far, noticing the weird surprise blessings that can happen in the midst of something like this. You know, you realize how resilient your faith is when it's kind of put to a test like this, but you know, I, I'm just surprised by um, how many people are coming to youth group now. And
0: we, we actually have more attendance at youth group than we do than we had in person. Oh in yeah. yeah. Months. And it's I, that to me is something like, wow, that. That's not something I anticipated, but, you know, the fact that students are
2: coming together to talk about God, you know, and to connect with him um, more so online than even in person, there's something going on there. And for a lot of us, it's, it's asking God, what, what kinds of things can we learn in the, in the situation and under these circumstances? Uh, what kinds of things can you teach us? And I don't know, I, we were talking with a group, um, so I'm also in charge of the young adults at our church, and so we were talking about how being in quarantine shifts our focus to like the things that actually matter. And it's it's really kind of helped us sort out like what are what are the things that we thought were important that really aren't so important? Um, what are the things that we're doing without that we actually didn't need. Now, don't get me wrong, there's a lot of things that <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. you know, Definitely we,
0: essentials. we need that we're
2: struggling, yeah. And, you know, there's people out there who have lost work, you know, people who lost loved ones and I, I don't want to downplay that side because that's, that side's very serious too and you know we're, we're doing our best as a community to be there for those people, to provide to those people, to pray for those people and so there's that definitely and I don't want to make light of that but um, I think on the other side of the coin there's, there's these interesting lessons that we're able to learn from God during this time um, so, so in the church there's a season called Lent and um, it's a season where we uh, we purposefully give something up, uh, sometimes food, sometimes, uh, certain practice in our regular daily life. Well, I, well, I guess you have a lot of, a lot kids social
0: media. Oh, that, um, that was one of mine. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And
2: so, um, it was, it was really interesting, um, that, you know, being in quarantine and having to do without certain things happened right in the middle of Lent. And so, I don't know, I, I think, uh as far as maturing our faith goes, we're, we're really kind of looking to God for what, like, what are the things we can learn in the midst of this and how are you still providing and how can we be paying attention to that? So, yeah, I, I think on a weekly basis, the staff and I are constantly talking about, wow, we never expected God to do something like this, but here we are. And there's an interesting blessing yeah. in disguise, you know. It,
0: yeah, it just, so, it just so happened that, you know, Lent and quarantine sort of, they overlapped. I, yep. yeah, yeah, definitely a sign from God. Yeah, for yeah.
4: sure.
0: Um, final, I have one final question for you and it's that, um, it's a more broader question of um, how do you think COVID-19 has impacted Christianity around the world? You know, we've seen, um, I believe the Pope has spoken up on this time of crisis. We've seen um, churches, you know, deliver like um, yours and my ours uh, delivering food. And so yeah, how has how this um, pandemic affected christians around the world
2: yeah I, I think it's affected christians in a lot of different ways uh, both good and bad and um but i'll i'll speak to the good i think the news doesn't have to yeah or the bad yeah. and um but i think generally speaking to give a broad answer um, i think now the time for christians to really like walk the walk you know uh there's nothing kind of like i said earlier there's nothing that Tests your faith, like being in a challenge like this, and it kind of it kind of puts us in a situation where here's here's what we claim to believe, and you know now that we're a little bit under pressure, let's see let's see if we actually believe this, you know. Yeah. And um, whether it be loving your neighbor or caring for the other before yourself or um, you know having faith that God will provide. Um, or all these different ways, I think this is an interesting opportunity for us to really uh, see our faith realized. Um, and I think for a lot of people, it has. And even just what we've covered already in this conversation, I think God is, has shown how much He provides, definitely in, in ways Amen. that are surprising to us. You know. And so, yeah, I think I think on a, on a more general level, um, in in many ways that are too numerous to you know, kind of mention in this conversation, I, I think people all, all across the board, Christians all across the board, are with an opportunity to say, like, okay, I'm really going to put my faith in God now and see him through. Um, and I think there'll be moments if we, if we lean into that faith where God is going to prove who he is, you know, prove how good he is, prove how loving and powerful he really is. So, and yeah, like he, I think he used the word witness earlier. I think this is the time for us to, um, to kind of be witnesses to the God who is still good in yeah. even in trials like
0: this. So yeah, of course, of course. Yeah. Um, Anyway, that is that is all we have. Uh, thank you so much, Mr. Radial, for um, being in this interview with us, for taking the time uh, out of your day to share this story with us. Um, we hope you have a nice day and and you know stay safe.
2: Thank you. Thanks for the opportunity, Lawrence.
0: No Appreciate problem. It. Anytime.
1: Lastly, DCI intern Anvita Marlapati joins the Apache News team to learn more about what they are doing to make their way around the COVID-19 crisis.
5: Hello, I'm Invita Marlapati, and I'm here with Mr. Sunez, a teacher uh, that teaches APN, and we will be interviewing him today to see how he, as a teacher, in his student-led program, Apache News, is handling social distancing. So, Mr. Sunez, would you like to introduce yourself?
3: Um, Yes, my name is uh, Francisco Sunez. I'm the advisor for television production at Arcadia High School, so I teach beginning, intermediate, and advanced um, video, advanced video being the Apache News class.
5: So, when did Apache News realize that a contingency plan was needed? Um,
3: so, the week, uh, I, I believe our last day was Friday the 13th, early enough, and, um, I remember that Monday starting to just see more of the news coming out, just hearing kind of, Grumbling and mumbling amongst some of the staff and stuff, and I and I just started to get a feeling that maybe that Friday might be our last day for a little while. So, um, so that's when we kind of realized that we would need to come up with a plan uh, if we wanted to continue doing the show. So, uh, um, so we started coming up with a plan.
5: That's great. Um, can you please explain how the transition from the studio to at-home shooting happened?
3: So, um, the transition from studio to home was, um, uh, pretty quick, as, we, as, we, as I said earlier. Um, mm-hmm. so that Friday, um, we got word, I believe, during third period that school was going to be, um, shut down for a little while. Mm-hmm. We um, so we were actually able to get um, Principal Dillman to come onto the show, which is fourth period live, and and present that news and that information. So um, so that's when we heard about it. And then um, so transitioning from from that to doing it all at home was pretty difficult because we do have this amazing studio and our control room and our you know our computer lab and everything. Mm-hmm and we pretty much had to abandon all that. Um, What we did do is um, is pretty much send all of the equipment home that we possibly could, anything that wasn't attached to the room, um, cameras, Mm -hmm. audio, microphones. uh, We even sent everyone home, or as many people as we could with iMac computers. So amongst the class of 23 people, Um, we try to make sure that different teams and groups had enough equipment, so a computer, a camera, and anything else they would need to be able to, you know, produce these, all this stuff remotely and, Mm -hmm. um, and then hopefully get that to a producer so we can put it all together somehow.
5: Oh, wow. That's fantastic, though. Um, yeah. How does Apache News Quarantine Edition differ from the regular newscast?
3: Um, well, the biggest difference um, is that we're home, <laughs> and that um, we're not live anymore. Unfortunately, so our show before was produced. You know, we have we have reports and stories that were, were pre-recorded, um, which we're still doing now. But our anchor segments and our sports and and a lot of the show was live. Unfortunately, we're really not able to do that quite yet. We're um, we're still trying to think about. Ways that we can do that remotely, but you know, having one person at every different location makes that makes that a little difficult. So, but we are hoping and trying to uh, to do a live show at some point before the end of the year mm-hmm. from home. Um, so the it, it's been a difficult transition, but, but I think we've done a pretty good job still trying to you know provide that information to the our students, and our community.
5: What are some things that Apache News has done or will do to keep viewers up-to-date on COVID-19 and to keep generating content on top of the regular newscast?
3: Um, Well, our newscast right now, um, so we've Mm -hmm. done three quarantine editions Mm so far. Uh, We're actually going to start just renaming them back to kind of normal naming conventions now that we, we know we're going to be in this for the long mm-hmm. haul. Um, so the first time our show of every episode so far has been a pretty large COVID-19 update. Um, we're trying to give uh, students in the community you know, all the local info that they need that they might not necessarily be getting from mm-hmm. larger news sources. So the rules in Arcadia might be different from the rules in Pasadena might be different from the rules in Temple City. Um, so we've done what we can to, to make sure that our Arcadia community has the most up-to-date information. And we put that at the beginning of the show, mm-hmm. um, and we've continued to do that. Um, then we've, uh, and then usually we try to do, so, you know, usually that story is not, um, the happiest and, and, is a little more down. And then we try to, um, uh, we try to complement that with another type of COVID-19 story, but that's Mm -hmm. more specific to, you know, individuals and, and, and the great thing that they are doing. So for example, we did something on, um, some of the grocery store workers because they are essential workers and they are still working and they are, you know, putting, um, putting themselves at risk to continue to, to support us. Uh, we did something on medical workers as well for one of the episodes. So, we're trying to get people's stories out there. We're trying to, we're trying to continue, um, providing valuable information about all the different people and groups and services out there that people need right now. And, uh, you know, on top of that, we're still trying to keep a regular show as well. So, you know, our audience and our community is mostly students, mm-hmm. staff, um, uh, the Arcadia community, uh, in general, and we're trying to provide stories and you know regular things for them. We're highlighting classes at Arcadia High School, and we're giving people information about uh, different groups and their recruiting deadlines, and and all the regular things that we try to do in a show. We've been we've been still trying to do it. I guess I'm most proud of of uh, the Ask Apache segment that we do. So every usually every week or every other week. Um, we hear, we ask a question of the Apache audience and our students and, and we go around and, you know, kind of just get their perspective on things. So, we've continued to do that and I know we've gotten a lot of, you know, a lot of honest and raw um, responses from students and how they're coping and dealing with all this. And, um, and I think that's been a really powerful, good segment to continue to do. Um, and we've gotten a lot of great feedback about continuing and doing the show we've been on abc7 has done a few stories on how we've continued to uh power through and in fact i I remember having a conversation with one student who was uh who was saying he's like you know i i really want to continue doing the show but you know i feel like these are going to be our least viewed shows you know Mm. and i told him i'm like you know i don't think so i think we're one of the few things but still happening as part of the school community. We're one of the one of the one one group like you guys, DCI, mm-hmm. but still producing stuff and producing content. And I think I think it's important to keep that sense of normalcy. And I think a lot of people have appreciated it. So our first episode of quarantine ended up being our most viewed episode of the entire year. Wow. So we we know that there's still a demand for it. We know that people are interested. Um, and it makes us happy and, and proud that we're able to still keep our community informed in the way that we are.
5: Yeah, no, it's definitely a great way for the Apache community to stay connected virtually. So I think that's really sweet. Um,
3: yeah, absolutely. And you know, everyone's adapting, you know, um, you're adapting right now. We're yeah. adapting right now and doing a phone interview like this. And, so uh, and it's, you know, uh, you know I just watched um I just watched Saturday night live this weekend um, uh-huh. and they did a whole at home Saturday night live and it wasn't and it also live so wow. just watching watching that just made me so proud and and made me realize that just everybody is adapting everybody's yeah. going through through difficult situations and you know, whatever groups they're a part of or just individually. And and, and seeing SNL do it in a way, in the way that they did it, it just, it it harkens back to what we are already doing. Um, Their intro was shots of all of the actors and comedians from their homes doing funny things. And that's exactly what we did in our intro. You know, we've adapted. We've we've tried to to own it and we've tried to... um, to To make sure we're we're still doing what we do in the way in the best way that we can. Yeah. Uh, watching SNL, you know, hearing from you guys doing what you're doing still, and, um, it, it makes it it makes it all uh, it makes us all realize how important it is.
5: Well, how has the morale in the news crew been? And by that I mean, like, were there any hardships that the crew went through?
3: Um, yeah, I think I think morale has been has been pretty good. Um, you know, I think having something to do, I think being a part of something that is real um, is helping is helping people feel normal. You know, but of course there there are definitely some difficulties in, in how we're doing it and what we're doing it. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I think um, I think people are getting through it. I think having a pet is, is something as a as something to focus on. The distraction has been yeah. has been helpful for some people. I think morale is generally good. Um, you know, for whatever reason, everyone is able to or, or willing to participate, uh, and that does put some added um, stresses and difficulties on the on the students that that are participating to their fullest. And you know, for whatever reason. Uh, we have to give people the benefit of the doubt, and yeah. and you know, and adapt and work with it. But I would say that's been one of the most difficult challenges. Is just you know making sure that uh, we have enough people participating to, to make it to make it not extremely difficult for everyone. But um, we've got we've got some pretty high participation in that class, and, and I think students are um, just how important and how valuable the, the service and the thing that they've been doing for the past 35 shows um, is a lot more important than I thought. And I think that's um, that's been really helpful for them.
5: Yeah, definitely. How has the yeah. entire experience been for you as the APN advisor?
3: Um, <laughs> the experience for me has been as in mostly positive. Um, you know, I I tried to be ready ahead of time. I I, I just had a feeling, you know, I was talking to my wife and just seeing the news and hearing from our governor. And our and I, I live in Pasadena and, and just slowly seeing the cases uh, tick upwards earlier, mm-hmm. uh, I, I knew we were going to have to do something quick. And... Um, and I've just been trying to focus on on um, giving the best uh, service and advice and and uh, an input that I can get for my students. I'm still trying to produce great quality things for all of my classes, not just Apache News. So you know, our other classes are still meeting, and and like me um, and every other teacher, you know, this is something very different and very new for us, and uh, and we're all learning. You know, we're all adapting together, and we're all trying to figure it out together. Um, I've definitely become an expert in uh, in Google uh, Hangouts and uh, all the Google suite of products. So, and thankfully, the technology um, is here and has been able to help us and help me do continue to do what I do. Um, so thankfully a lot of our programs uh, were already you know very technology based and, mm-hmm. and we do meet virtually every now and then for certain things uh, so you know this wasn't a huge uh, departure from what we do except for the fact that we don't get to be with each other physically anymore mm-hmm. and that sucks and and obviously I miss my students and and I think they miss each other and I hope they miss me <laughs> but uh, <laughs> You know, this isn't forever. Yeah. Um, and um, and if it happened to be forever, we would adapt and we would make it work and mm-hmm. and do the best we can. And and I think everyone's doing the best they can and that's all that I can ask for and and I and ultimately I'm extremely proud of them and, and them continuing to to do the things they do. Um,
5: I have one last question for you, Mr. Sunyas. Mm -hmm. what Mm -hmm. lessons has APN learned from this crisis so far and how will they be applied in the future?
3: I think our main lesson is learning to be adaptable, um, learning to go with the flow and, and, um, and to be ready, willing and able at a moment's notice to, um, to do what it takes for the story and for our community. Um, and that is something extremely valuable, I think. I think this has been a incredible learning experience um, for my advanced students. They are in the midst of a uh, global story with extremely local um, um, events that are part of that. And they are learning to... Make the news and report the news um, as it's changing. As we are in the middle of a major crisis, and um, I think there's no better way to learn than being thrown into the lion's den like that. Mm -hmm. So, um, so you know, we're we're adapting, we're learning. Um, I I hope our quality goes up as we learn how to do it better from home. (laughs) And and, you know, there's there's definitely things that. um, that we can work on, and that we're gonna work on. Mm-hmm. But um, our main goal is to is to get a show out every single week. That we're proud of that. Um, that informs our audience, and that uh, brings a little bit of normalcy, and maybe a little bit of information, mm-hmm. and maybe make some people laugh in the end. So, <laughs> so that's what we're doing, and that's. And we're learning a lot. We're learning. Um, we're learning. Everyone's learning all those things that uh, they probably should have learned earlier in the year that, that somebody else knew it could help them with. Mm-hmm. Um, now now that we need to know it because they're home alone. And um, but look, we're all helping each other. People are calling each other. People are texting. We've got a big group text. And. Um, if somebody has a problem, we, we solve it. We solve it together as a team, as a team. And, um, if somebody needs a camera, someone's got a camera, somebody has a computer, someone's got a computer, they'll, we'll do the drop off, we'll do the swap, we'll put it on the porch, someone will grab it and, um, and you know, we're adapting and, and, and we're ready for whatever else comes our way. Yeah.
5: Well, thank you so much, Mr. Sunies, for taking some time out of your day for this interview. It really means a lot.
3: No problem. Thank you. And um, thank you, guys and gals, for continuing the work that you're doing, too. And, um, and we all appreciate it.
1: Thank you so much. And that concludes this episode. Thank you so much for listening. Remember to like, comment, and subscribe for more weekly content please visit the list of all our episodes on our new AUSD DCI page. The link is dciausd.weebly.com. Once again, thank you and have a great day, Apaches. This is Keep It Arcadia, signing off.